we've been talking in this decade of commemoration that's just starting about public history and how academic history affects the public's understanding and vice versa. In the early part of the 20th century, we had uh, what we're now calling a revolution in Ireland. And for a long time, I think it's fair to say there wasn't an awful lot of professional or academic history done on it until the last three decades, I would say. And these last three decades were also the decades when we had uh, another conflict in Northern Ireland. So the question is, what impact do you think the Northern conflict had on the understanding of the Irish Revolution in recent times? There were reasons why there was very little written by professional historians on what you, you call the Irish Revolution, I call the Revolutionary Period. I, I don't agree that there was a revolution in Ireland in the decade before 1923. Mm -hmm. The Historical establishment, the senior professors that controlled journals in Ireland and the profession largely, Robin Dudley Edwards at UCD and Theo Moody at Trinity, through their journal Irish Historical Studies, set prohibitions on research on near-contemporary history. And for what they believe were very good reasons. They believe that archival research or histor historical research should be based on the archives, on documentation. Now, today we'd say that has been a very narrow and confined interpretation of what historical research is or can be, that there are lots of different sources we can use, oral sources and so on and so forth. But in the 30s, 40s and 50s and 1960s, to a lesser extent, um, there was a prejudice against contemporary history. And that was largely the reason why the more modern period was not touched upon. Um, that consensus about what history could be written and what couldn't be written began really to break down in the 1960s when um, a younger generation of historians, T. Desmond Williams at UCD, um, FSL Lyons at the University of Kent in Britain, um, began for the first time really addressing seriously the, the, what we call the revolutionary period. And that research was underway during the 1960s. And arguably what was later be, to be described as revisionism was well underway by the end of that decade. It was, in a sense, from a historian's point of view, from a scholarship point of view, it was just bad luck that that early initiative coincided with the crisis in Northern Ireland and the breakdown of that polity into, into a near-revolutionary situation. Inevitably, going back to the first question that you asked, the conflict in the North raised all sorts of questions about the nature of the states in Ireland, Northern Ireland and the Republic, how they come into being, and the legitimacy of the use of political violence to affect political change. And that exerted enormous pressure on the interpretation of the past. And the, you know, again, the most easy example to offer in looking at how our attitudes changed would be how the um, violence of Easter 1916 um, began to be revised by historians. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of this. Now, the first issue is sort of chronologically backwards, but the first issue that you addressed was the Irish Civil War of 1922 to 23. And one of the kind of tropes that you've criticised is the idea that the Civil War was a battle between democracy on the free state or pro-treaty side and militarism or authoritarianism on the anti-treaty side. And this was something that was very much influenced by the need to delegitimise the provisional IRA in the North. I perhaps 
in some of the earlier research that I've done may have pla placed a little bit too much emphasis on the influence of the troubles and not, although I always recognized that this revisionism that I'm talking about was underway in the 1960s. Um, that construction of the Civil War, I would argue, was framed in the early 60s by T. Desmond Williams, Professor of Modern History here at UCD. The historian that blazes a path through an area of research is very often followed down that path by subsequent historians. Williams began to frame this, what we call the Democrats and Dictators narrative of the Civil War. The origin of that narrative, that story, that conceptualization, is in the Civil War itself. The Treatyites in 1922 claimed to represent a, the majority decision of the people, and sometimes they invoked the word democracy and that was part of the Civil War propaganda, but it was Civil War propaganda. Through Williams's pen in the 1960s, in one very notable essay published in 1966 in The Irish Struggle, called From the Treaty to the Civil War, Williams began to recast that Civil War narrative away from the Republican version of it, propagated by Fianna Fáil, towards this Democrats and, and Dictators narrative that the treaty had was democratically endorsed, and that those that opposed it, therefore, were anti-democratic. That was already in place. What happened after 1969-1970 is that that particular narrative looked increasingly attractive to a society that conceptualized the northern conflict as a conflict between a tiny minority in the provisional IRA and the democratic British state in Northern Ireland. Now, whether you agree with that conceptualization is a matter of interpretation and opinion, but many people would have agreed with that, and consequently, the treaty-eyed narrative via people like Williams uh, began to gather momentum in terms of popular understanding. 